Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. A lot of breaking news today, obviously. Uh, we have received notice that uh, the jury uh, has reached a verdict in the Derek Chauvin trial, uh, and it will be read shortly, uh, probably within the next 30 minutes or so. We'll continue to eye that and monitor that, and we will break in uh, with any updates or any announcements from the jury in terms of the uh, verdict that they have reached in this trial. And uh, again, our hope is that uh, regardless of what is announced from the jury, that uh, people will recognize that it's a conversation uh, that we need to make sure we're moving forward on. Uh, and that restraint uh, restraint always works. Uh, and it's important for us to, to make sure that we don't become part of the rage, uh, that we become part of the reason and the solution uh, is where we have to go. We're going to take a couple of minutes real quick while we, uh, we're just standing by uh, for the verdict to be read in the uh, Chauvin trial. And uh, always pleased to be joined by our good friend and colleague over at Deseret.com, Kelsey Dallas, uh, who covers religion and politics, the intersection of faith and community and the courts. And uh, how are you doing, Kelsey? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on. <laughs> you bet. Uh, so really interesting. Uh, as we look, often when people talk about uh justices and a conservative court and what that means for religious liberty, uh, some people kind of uh, just kind of toss out the the more liberal members of the Supreme Court. Uh, but in your reporting, uh, you shared on Deseret.com today the fact that uh, the conservative justices uh, aren't alone in supporting religious liberty in the Supreme Court. Yes, people are definitely missing in their debates about the Supreme Court the fact that the justices are actually pretty united around the idea of religious rights. Um, many of the rulings that I've covered in recent years were either unanimous or 7-2 with liberals joining their conservative colleagues. Okay, and uh, it, 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 that's always interesting. I, I think it's important for us to recognize that there's so many of those rulings in the Supreme Court. We always talk about the 5-4 decisions, the tight ones. Uh, but the vast majority of decisions made by the Supreme Court are nine zero eight one seven two. So, as you've covered the courts and as you've looked at this area of religious liberty in particular, what are some of the other things that you're seeing that might be a little surprising to some of our listeners? Well, I think that people just sort of miss the fact that um, not every case that the court takes up about um, religion is 
splitting people along conservative and liberal lines, just even in the pol- political world. Mm. Um, one of the cases that I covered this year was about student rights to share their faith on college campuses, for example, and groups that are thought of as left-leaning, like the ACLU, were joining with more conservative religious groups to say the Supreme Court needed to support that student. And so I think that in the midst of a lot of conflict over what the future of religious freedom should look like, it's it's important to remember that there are many values that um, Americans remain united around. Oh, so important. And I want to go back to this. Uh, uh, you mentioned in, in nine of the 13 cases during the uh, just Chief Justice Roberts era uh, in terms yeah. of religious freedom, uh, again, the the bulk of those were kind of in that seven to two, eight to eight to one category. Yes, and that includes things uh, cases that you'd think of as more controversial. So the Masterpiece Cake Shop one that I actually may have talked about with you on the radio that yeah. was about <laughs> this baker not wanting to serve a, a gay couple. Uh, the ruling ended up being 7-2, um, saying that the state of Colorado had not respected that baker's uh, religious rights. And so I think that it certainly was a divisive case, but the Supreme Court came down um, – almost unanimously in favor of the Christian Baker. The same as can be said from last summer in a case about whether religious schools have a right to hire based on religion and whether they have certain exemptions from non-discrimination law. Again, that was 7-2 saying that a school has pretty broad authority to hire and fire teachers as they wish. Okay, very good. And uh, if you're just joining us, we've got Kelsey Dallas on the line. Uh, Kelsey writes, of course, for Deseret News. uh, But Kelsey is also seen around the country as one of the leading voices, uh, one of the leading reporters and and thinkers as it relates uh, to the court and to to religious issues in the courts. Uh, You've I know last year, I think you uh, were following. I can't remember how many hundreds of cases in state courts as well. Uh, So as you as you look at kind of where we are, uh, new administration, uh, shifts in the in the political scheme of things. Uh, what what do you see on the horizon, or what should we be watching for on the horizon as it relates to religious liberty in the courts? Well, unfortunately, I think the answer is more conflict because although the rulings might end up being um, less divisive than we've guessed, the debate surrounding them certainly is about as um, conflict ridden as you you would. Mm-hmm. Um, you would imagine. And so there's just more and more cases that we're going to see coming up um, because we continue to debate what the true meaning of religious freedom really is, how it should interact with non-discrimination law. And as we see Congress taking up issues like the Equality Act, which would add protections for the LGBT community, it's just going to create more and more opportunities for cases to make it to the courts that say what types of religious organizations need to abide by non-discrimination laws. And so I certainly don't see my legal beat um, dissipating anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, uh, sad but true fact, but that's good job security for you, Kelsey. And that, uh, <laughs> as long as that keeps you available to come on Inside Sources, uh, we'll, we'll count that as a win for us. Uh, but uh, Kelsey Dows, always appreciate your insight. Uh, we'll have you back real soon. There's a lot to lot to talk about, lots to discuss, but appreciate your thinking uh, and especially your writing. Kelsey Dallas from Deseret News, thanks for joining us. Thank you. All right. Uh, so, again, as we look at that area of religious liberty and the courts, uh, there's so much to, to sort out. And the, the one thing that I wish both the left and the right uh, and, again, all those who are looking at these issues uh, would would really recognize that uh, we, we've fallen into this trap of whenever in doubt, file a lawsuit uh, and then start working its way through the courts and ultimately up to the Supreme Court. Uh, that's part of the reason why we see the Supreme Court becoming so politicized. Uh, during presidential elections, because 
when Congress is enacting and doing their job, the executive branch uses the power. They're all too happy to do that by executive order or, or other means, and then things end up in the courts. And we've got to learn to not just file a lawsuit. We've got to learn how to have a better conversation as it relates to a lot of these issues. And uh, But, again, I always appreciate Kelsey Dallas's perspective. Uh, she follows us so closely, and she is really looked to uh, by thought leaders uh, inside and outside of, of law and politics uh, as someone who really understands the issue and uh, just has a great mind on all of that. Appreciate her contribution to Inside Sources. All right, uh, we're still keeping our eye on uh, what is happening in Minneapolis. Uh, the verdict has been reached in the Chauvin trial. Uh, we are told it will be read within the next hour. Uh, stay with us here on KSL News Radio. We'll continue to cover wall to wall on KSL News Radio. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.